The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good, and it could be again. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. All right, so just to give you guys an idea as to where this fourth episode is going to go, especially with the news of the Ottawa Titans two weeks ago, deciding that they are not going to be playing the 2021 season. They're going to be playing their inaugural season in 2022. So with that being said, and the big part of this podcast being about the Titans, I had to reassess some things. And to help out with the local baseball community with getting out there, this podcast is still being committed to that amateur level, like I've been doing with the Ottawa Knights, with the Ottawa, um, sorry, the Capital City Reds, getting those programs out here, getting those kids exposed, giving them that opportunity, giving them that sight line and those tips and tricks for parents, for kids, all of that. And where better to start than to really come down to the history of baseball in Ottawa? Where did it start? Where did it begin? Where did the passion for baseball in Ottawa come to? So today we're going to start out with the history of professional baseball in Ottawa, um, as well as take a look at a little bit of 2022 with the players coming forward for the Titans. Let's go. Play ball! All right, everyone. Let's get the disappointing news out of the way first. Um, Now that we have a couple of days to cope with it. As mentioned off the top of the show, the Ottawa Titans will not be playing in 2021. We had President and owner Sam Katz on the podcast in episode two and pretty much got the confirmation there that if the Titans were not in Ottawa this season, they would be playing. They would not be playing. Sorry. No, he did not say that directly on the podcast. So I did not break that, that they were not playing in 2021. But based off of the news that came out almost a week later and the information that he gave us during the podcast stint that he was on, it was only safe to say that if they were not getting the okay from the provincial and federal governments or if the borders were not going to be opening, that they were not going to be playing. He didn't say it in so many words, but when he said that Ottawa is the home for the Ottawa Titans and avoided the question that if they were not going to be able to start the season in Ottawa, what was going on? I mean, there's a lot more to go to it. It's not just the border and everything like that. It's the fact of the matter is that we in Ottawa, we in Canada are not doing well with the virus right now. Case in point, it's that simple. 
we need to do better in order to see baseball in Canada in general. So with that being said, we really the the fact that Ottawa is not playing a game this season is understandable. The players are still going to be playing. Um, the guys on TSN 1200 had Regan Katz on their morning show on Monday after they announced that they were not playing. So last Monday uh, to the day that I'm recording today. So with that being said, there was a lot that was discussed with Regan Katz. Uh, just to give you guys a summary of it, the main thing is that the Titans will retain the rights of all the players they lost in the dispersal draft. The players will be playing this year. The Canadians will be playing with the Quebec Capital City or Cap the Capitals de Quebec, de Quebec um, who are doing a provincial team, quote unquote, where they're going to be grabbing most of the players from Trois-Rivières and Quebec City, along with all the other Canadians that are in the Frontier League that need a team next year. Essentially doing a national travel team like what we saw with Can-Am last, in 2019, sorry, with the Japanese or the Cuban team. Can't remember which one was cycling out that year, but we saw it a lot with that. Um, so Quebec will be doing that this year with those players. Um, the rest of the players were sent off in dispersal drafts. So just a little bit on that. Um, we will return the rights. So coming in 2022, all these players like Matthias Kikatos, Elliot Curtis, Alex Nolan, Taylor Wright, that are joining the Capitals will be coming back to the Titans for 2022 to start out their new contracts. This is a temporary thing just to get them some games. It's the same thing with all the other players that went across the league. So don't worry for baseball fans here in Ottawa. You're not losing the team that we're building. We're not restarting from scratch next year. I really like the team that they were coming forward and bringing forward to this team. One of the players that I want to bring forward is definitely one of the ones that I mentioned that is playing for Quebec City. It's Alex Nolan. Um, Alex Nolan is a 24-year-old who was born in Burlington, Ontario, um, and did, a, did his university stint here in Canada. He went to Brock University, which is one of the top-tier programs in Canada for baseball. Great program, great school, great pipeline in the independent leagues as well. Um, he played at the Northwoods Showcase League for three seasons while he was at Brock University. He played for Thunder Bay and Kalamazoo in that Northwoods League. Uh, during this time in the NWDES, he had a 5-4 and four record and a 4-14 ERA, which is average, which is a good average. Um, from there, he got a look from the Blue Jays. This is a kid that did not go to NCAA or did not go to the American program system. He is homegrown in Canada with the Canadian system. He got a look from the Toronto Blue Jays and even went to join the Vancouver Canadians. 
in one season where he went one and three with a 3.22 ERA. ERA, sorry. 3.22 is nothing to sniff out, even at low A ball. I mean, it's not top prospect level, but it's nothing to sniff at. For someone who didn't go to a big program, who didn't go out down to the States where you've got that year-round training. So, Alex is going to be a good player for the Titans in the future. And he's going to be a good player for the Quebec City this year. So, what are we to look forward for Alex? Alex has a four-pitch repertoire. He's got a 90-mile-an-hour fastball to go along with his straight changeup, curveball, and splitter. The 90-mile-an-hour fastball that we're talking about was something that he just added in 2019, just hitting 90 before that. So, this is a guy that is a finesse pitcher, very much like the Greg Maddox, the the Tom Glavin, not going to blow fastballs by you, not going to do anything special. He's going to paint the corners. He's going to be very strategic with his pitches. So this is a great start for Alex's young career. Having taken a look with the Blue Jays from a Canadian institution without getting those eyes or getting that viewership that a D1 or a U.S. program would give him. So from there, he's already got a good path to not only going forward, but also succeeding in the Frontier League. Having had that little bit of experience with the Blue Jays, unfortunately, did not last very long as they decided to move on from his services, which is where we, as the Ottawa Titans, come into very, very good circumstances being a new team and attracting him over with that pedigree that Sam Katz has with building successful programs like the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. So that is something to look forward to. I can't wait to see him in a Titans uniform. Now for the main segment of the episode, probably one of the things that I actually enjoy doing the most for this episode to prepare for this. It's baseball, Ottawa, the history. So baseball has a very difficult past in this city. We have seen a lot of turnaround and teams coming and going over the decades and fans getting discouraged. I know I am. I've seen a lot of it just in my time. Um, and people might think that that is the only baseball in Ottawa. Um, as I have alluded to in previous episodes, this team, despite the news of no games in 2021, is looking like a program that we can see in the city for years. Um, if, if I were to split the city in it, or the history of baseball... Uh, in this city into eras. I would say there was four distinct eras of professional baseball in Ottawa. We've got the pre-World War II, post-World War II, the Canadian baseball success era, and the independent roller coaster that we're still kind of in. So baseball in Ottawa can go back post-World War I, where they had a Class C league team in the city, splitting time between Lansdowne Park 
and what is called what was called Coney Island Park for the Sunday games to avoid blue Sunday laws in auto in the city. So what that is for the people that don't know what blue Sunday law was in the city of Ottawa, it meant that nothing can be done on Sundays. Absolutely nothing. No work, no nothing can be opened, nothing. No sports, nothing. So to combat that with their seasons, they split time with Coney Island Park just outside the city, which no longer exists. I couldn't even find any record of it. Um, to combat the city of the city of Ottawa's Blue Sunday Law. So the team in Ottawa during that time period was an actual success, um, drawing in the league's leading attendance and leading the league in the majority of their existence. Uh, the post-World War II era started in 1951 when the Ottawa Giants had started in the International Indian Wow International League. The Giants were a Triple A team for the New York Baseball Giants. Yes, the same Giants that went and moved to San Francisco, becoming the modern-day San Francisco Giants. Ottawa had gained the team after the big club opted to move the team to to Canada from Jersey City. In the inaugural season, the team went 62-88 and and fell 31 games behind the eventual league champions, Montreal Royals. Yes, that same Royals team that had Jackie Robinson just three years earlier. So the reason I call this era as part of the post-World War One, post-World War Two eras combined together as the Lansdowne era is because both these teams or all these teams during these two eras played at Lansdowne Park, or now known as TD Place. The first team to play at Lansdowne Park was the Ottawa Giants. They drew in 117,000 fans in a lone season the Giants had in Ottawa. So why did the New York Giants opt to bring their team to to Ottawa? Over the span of the post-World War II era, the Ottawa area had entertained a few other minor league games for the Nationals and the Senators organizations, drawing a solid crowd during the time in the city. So why not? The parent club opted to, to partner this, the team with the fellow American Association League team, the Minneapolis My- Millers. However, in 1951, despite the great attendance for the season, the big club opted to only keep one AAA team. So the New York Giants sold the team to the Philadelphia Athletics. Uh, Yes, the same ones that ended up eventually moving to Oakland. That team had stayed in Ottawa for the next three seasons, posting a record of 194 and 264 over that span. Thanks to the capacity that can be reached at Lansdowne Park, the team reached good attendance numbers, reaching 150,000 over the, the first season. During the period, the most notable player to play in in an Ottawa Athletics Giants uniform was Hector Hed- Hedley Lopez Swainson. 
Swainson went on to play 12 seasons in the MLB from 1955 to 1966 with the Kansas City Athletics and the New York Yankees, winning two World Series championships with the Yankees. Lopez would be most known for, however, in his role in the manager's duty, being the first man of color to be the manager of the AAA-affiliated team when he managed the Buffalo Bisons in 1969. He also managed the Panama's national team during the 2009 World Baseball Classic. The end of the Lansdowne era, era for professional baseball in Ottawa came in 1955 when Kansas City decided to relocate the team to a closer city in Columbus. With that, the city would not see professional baseball for nearly 40 years. With that marked the beginning of the baseball boom in Canada, with Montreal finally getting an MLB team after spending most of the time as a AAA team, including AAA team of the Brooklyn Dodgers in the 40s during Jackie Robinson's historical development and emergence in the MLB. In 1969, when the Expos began to play, followed eight years later with the Toronto Blue Jays, the game of baseball got exciting in the late 80s and 90s, with both Canadian teams really making a push for postseason success. Keeping up with the likes of the Yankees and the Red Sox in the American League and the Phillies and the Braves in the National League, this brought the owner of the 67s, Howard Darwin, the idea of bringing an an affiliated team in the city. And for the low price of $5 million, was awarded a team in the condition that the team would not be playing at Lansdowne like their predecessors in the 50s. In 1993, the team opened Lynx Stadium and began their path as a AAA team of the Montreal Expos and were the affiliated until 2002. During that time, we saw players like Matt Stairs, who also hit the first ever home run at Lynx Stadium, Brandon Phillips, albeit for a few games as a rookie, Cliff Floyd, Rondell Wright, Jamie Carroll, and F.P. Santangelo. The last two having their numbers, 24 and 3, retired by the Lynx. This was an exciting time to be a baseball fan in Ottawa. Not only were the Blue Jays and the Expos among the league best, but their farm systems were also among the best. Even though the Expos never won a championship, thank thank you MLBPA, the Lynx were not as unlucky. Winning the Governor's Cup in 1995, they did this while supporting a 72-70 regular season record. Overall, however, the Ottawa Lynx supported a 1,001 and 1,138 record during the time in the city, only making the postseason in two seasons. As much of a success baseball in the city was in the 90s was the complete opposite in the early 2000s. Financial troubles that were plaguing the Expos since the 94-95 player lockout was not received positively around the league, more so in Montreal. With the ownership came the decision of whether to ride the sinking ship that was the Expos and see where it led or get out from under the team and join another MLB MLB team and becoming their AAA team. This came in 2003 with the first team, the Baltimore Orioles. Unfortunately, even under new management and surging Baltimore team, the interest was not there in the city anymore, as well as the lack of parking with the deal with the hotel on Coventry Road. 
In 2006, the Orioles opted to associate themselves with Norfolk. The team was sold to a group out of Allentown, Pennsylvania, and became the affiliated team of the Phillies. Right from the beginning the, of this ownership group entering, it was clear that 2007 was going to be the final season for the Ottawa Lynx. After their final game in Ottawa, they were shipped out to Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania to be the new home of the Phillies AAA team. They have been there ever since. During this time with the Orioles and the Phillies, we saw players in the likes of Eli Whiteside, who has won a World Series championship with the San Francisco Giants, Fernando Tatis Sr., the young ones out there might know his son, Fernando Tatis Jr., and J.A. Happ, uh, one of the premier strikeout pitchers in Major League Baseball right now. 2008 would mark the beginning of the roller coaster coaster of the independent league era. Between the years of 2008 and 2020, the professional baseball scene was inconsistent, to say the least. The interest of using the former AAA stadium and bringing a professional team back to Ottawa went through several different iterations and leagues to try to get something to stick. Can-Am was the first league to attempt some success in Ottawa, as the Ottawa Rapids made their debut in 2008. This team did not last very long on the scene. After their inaugural season, posting a record of 31-63, the ownership group declared bankruptcy and the team was bought out by the league. With the rebranding of the Voyagers, it was then fully dissolved before the beginning of the 2009 season for financial issues. The next attempt of professional baseball in Ottawa was the semi-pro league Intercounty Baseball League and the birth of the Ottawa Fat Cats. The Fat Cats were Ottawa's quote unquote professional baseball organization from 2010 to 2012 and played in the IBL that featured teams from all over Ontario. This team was a decent success in their time in the RCGT, RCGT Park posting a record of 45 and 61 and making it to the final and losing to Bradford in the final in 2011. In my opinion, the attendance success of the Fat Cats was more the fact that it was a semi-pro league and most of the players were local talent. The quality of baseball in this league is is a good one. You find a lot of talent come from the league and move up to other independent leagues like the Frontier League. Mateus Kiketos is an example that was going to play with the Titans this season. He played for the Toronto Maple Leafs of the IBL last season. The Fat Cats' time in the city had run its course when its new tenant of RCGT Park moved in. This was the return of professional baseball in Ottawa and the arrival of the Ottawa champions of the Can-Am League. This was the second iteration of the Can-Am League here in Ottawa. The way this team was constructed was built for success in the league that was struggling. Do not get me wrong, this team struggled to get fans to the sands, except for the 2016 playoff run, where they won the championship. The champions in all were 221 and, 20, and 269, built a program with a lot of solid talent through it, 
including two of the most successful players to have come out of Ottawa's systems, Seb Boucher and Philippe Beaumont. It is hard to miss the impact that these two local boys had on the for the program and for baseball in the city. Omo having the only professional perfect game pitched in Ottawa history and Boucher becoming the assistant manager of the new Ottawa Titans. The champions only had a 500 record in one of the five seasons that they were in the league. This was in 2016 when they won the championship. With that being said, being the first championship that Ottawa has seen since 1995 for baseball. So what does this mean for the future of baseball in Ottawa? First things first, we need to be able to play games in RCGT Park. But once the pandemic is settled and the games can resume in Ottawa, the team is going to have an uphill battle getting the fans in the building. In the final season of the champions, the team only averaged 1,632 fans. This is, this is, on average, 200 people less than the rest of the Can-Am League. On the plus side, the partnership with Oseg and a very successful a very successful organization for both professional and amateur sports in the, in the city should give an open channel to more ears and eyeballs, and eyeballs with some of the partnerships in the city that they bring to the organization. The other thing that the team needs to provide is a competitive product on the field. Ottawa baseball in general has a record of 1,554 to 1,883 in the regular season. With only ever seeing one season over 500, this was a ni- in 1997 or 1995 championship Ottawa Lynx season. From the way that the team had started construction, the team, the team, and the type of owner that Sam Katz appears to be from what he built in Winnipeg. Um, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes having a record of 1,397 to 1,093, with only finishing sub-500 in five out of the 26 years that the team has been in existence, winning four of those um, championships, including in their uh, inaugural season. I feel like this team will bring that competitive team and will turn that overall Ottawa record around. Uh, Combining that success with the rooted success that Oseg brings in the city, me, myself, as a baseball fan in the city, I'm very excited to see what the Ottawa baseball scene is is going to be. And I see that this baseball market can get to the level of Winnipeg and Quebec City in terms of independent league organizations, powerhouses, where people will recognize the brand. That's the big thing, too, is the is the recognition of the brand. When you go anywhere in, in North America and you're wearing an Ottawa Senators hat, they know where it is. You go you even go around North America and you wear a Winnipeg Gold Eyes hat, a independent league baseball organization from Canada. You go anywhere in North America or in the U.S., I should say, and they will recognize that brand like Sam Katz mentioned on our podcast a couple weeks ago. So that combination will bring success for this team. And I do see that this team can be here for a long time. 
So we will just have to wait and see. And that's everything I have for you this week, guys. Hope you enjoyed the history lesson a little bit of the uh, the sport of baseball in Ottawa. It was fun researching this, and it it brings more to what this team can bring to the city, bringing back that history. And it was fun looking at pictures of Lansdowne Park as a baseball field. So if you want more of this content, please, please, please subscribe to my to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts at 613 Baseball Podcast. You can follow me on Facebook at 613 Baseball Pod and follow me on Twitter at 613 Sports with a 040 and a Z at the end. Once again, thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. Kennedy, 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 Kenned